Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. Being a disciple, a follower of Jesus is going to require us to learn how to pray. You can't be a follower of Jesus without learning how to pray. But let's be honest, one of the things that keeps us from praying is just simply we don't know what to say. It gets old real quick to sit there and to pray but not know what to say. It is one of those things that right away reveals our lack of relationship with God, and that's not a good feeling. And so we don't want to put ourselves in that situation. We end up praying to God for things that we want him to do. So if something's going badly, we need his help. We need him to get us out of a situation or get us a better situation. That's usually when we at least pray for God to do something. But like Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, that when he teaches us how to pray, he's putting words in our mouth. And the words he's putting in our mouth categorically means that the first thing we have to do when we pray is to worship rightly, to put God as the context of our lives, to see God as our heavenly father, the father in heaven, present everywhere, and to have the sense that we want to give glory to his name. And this is what Psalm 115, we looked at this in our last episode, this is what it challenges us to do right away with the first verse. Here's what it says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. Now, when it says, O Lord, that's in all capital L-O-R-D. That's the way our English Bibles translate the Hebrew name for God, which is Yahweh, which is the Hebrew verb, he is, the I am, he is. So not to us, he is, not to us, but to your name, Yahweh, give glory. And right away, we're having to challenge this narrative in our lives of self-glory, self-recognition. It's hard for us to pray that, to pray that prayer, not to me, O Lord, but to your name, give glory. That challenges the narrative of what I'm usually thinking about, usually living my life for. And so right away, it focuses me, It, in some sense, in a, in a way, forces me to focus on whose glory am I glorying in. And we talked last episode about glorying in the glory of God as the only real, true, satisfying glory for our lives. And so, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, the rest of the verse says, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And then verse 3, our God is in the heavens. In other words, the heavens, the idea he's present everywhere, literally in the Greek when the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father in heaven, it's our Father in the heavens, really. It's the same idea that God is present everywhere. That was the idea of in the heavens in the time of the Bible being written. Our God is in the heavens. He's present everywhere. He does all that he pleases. So we talked about God is never limited by any circumstances, but he controls all of them. And he controls all of them according to his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Then the psalm turns in verse 4. It says, Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. 
They have mouths, but do not speak, eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear, noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel, feet, but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. This is kind of saying the same thing that Isaiah says in chapters 40 through 55 about idols. Idols are dead. And it says those who make them become like them. In other words, dead. And so do all who trust in them. Their their life becomes dead, spiritually dead. And dead when it comes to the story and narrative of our lives. It's a dead end. An idol is not just a statue, but it's anything that it's when we trust something or someone else as the is instead of he is. He is is the idea that God is everything that I need. God is everything that my life longs for. He provides what is good according to his steadfast love. And I'm in this story of him giving me the kingdom and everything that that means. But now I have to trust him in my scarcity that he is bringing me into a story of abundance. He is the abundance that my heart longs for in every way. But when I trust something else or someone else to be the is instead of Yahweh, that's an idol. And so an idol is kind of like this idea that I I trust, I look to blank for blank. I look to money for security, for meaning, for value and worth. Of my life. Well, then that's when money becomes an idol. This is not rocket science. I look to the affection of a man to give me my sense of worth. I look to people's approval to give me my sense of value, my sense of security, my sense of significance, my sense of meaning in life. I look to my political identity to give me my sense of meaning in life. That's what an idol is. And those who trust in anything besides he is as the is that gives me my sense of security and my sense of meaning and my sense of value and worth, that's going to lead me in a path now where I'm spiritually vacuous. I'm living for another glory. I'm living in another story. And that is a dead end. It's always a dead end because God is the I am. He is the source of existence. He's the giver of life. He's the one who's always present in his steadfast love and faithfulness. And he is 100% present and focused on me. But if I don't trust him, if I trust other things, then even though he's present, I'm living my life as if he's not. So verse 8, those who make idols become like them. We become, in some sense, this deadness, spiritual deadness, lifelessness that an idol is. And so do all who trust in them, it says. It's interesting, right? That an idol is something that we trust in. And what what does it mean to trust in? Well, it says in verse 9, O Israel, trust in Yahweh, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. And so in the context of this psalm, to trust in someone, to trust in Yahweh or to trust in something else, is to look to that something else as my help, as my security, as my shield, as my sense 
of security, to trust in something else to be my help, to trust in something else to be my shield instead of God. Now, I'm not talking here about the necessities of life to have a shelter over our head, to need help from doctors, to need help from other people. These are all ways that God works in our life and helps us. But the the idea is the ultimate sense. Where is my ultimate sense of help? And where is my ultimate shield? Where is my ultimate security? Where is my ultimate sense of meaning? Where do I get my identity? Where do I get my sense of worth and value? That's what I'm trusting in. And it repeats that idea. So let's read verse 9 again, and then I'll continue to read verse 10. O Israel, trust in the Lord. Trust in Yahweh. Trust in the I am. Trust in He is. He is their help and their shield. I think the there is the idea of our, but it's, it's talking about Israel. But we are Israel. And if, if we have faith in Christ, we become grafted into the promises of God toward Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That's what the New Testament teaches in Romans 4, Galatians 3. So we're not going to go into that now. But when you read Israel in the Psalms, you can just put yourself right there in that narrative in these situations. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. This idea of repetition of he is our help, he is our shield. You who fear the Lord. In other words, you who are living for the glory and glorying in the glory of Yahweh. To fear the Lord is to see his glory as the greatest glory. To see his radiance as the greatest beauty and the greatest radiance. And to live for his approval. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. And that repeats over and over. He is your help and your shield. He is your help and your shield. He is your help and your shield. So trust in him. So now you're sitting down to pray and you have words to pray right here in front of you. You've got a psalm that's written by the Holy Spirit that's giving you words to pray. And so we pray, not to me, O Lord, not to me, he is, but to your name, you are, he is, give glory. Because your glory is the only glory that is infinite and that satisfies and that has created this universe. Every other glory is a dead end. Every other glory is a pretender. Every other glory derives ultimately from you because you are the source of all existence and you are the giver of all life. And so when I glory in your glory, instead of trying to glory in my own glory, that's when glory fills my life for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. I trust in your steadfast love and faithfulness to be my help and my shield. My help and my shield is your steadfast love and your faithfulness. The approval I live for is to live in your glory. The glory I live for is to be recognized by you, to be pleasing to you. You are the one from whom I derive my worth, I derive my value, I derive my meaning and my security. You are my help and my shield. You are my God who fills the heavens, who's always present with me, and you do all that you please. And what pleases you is your steadfast love toward me and your faithfulness toward me to be my help and to be my shield. And I want to trust in you, to trust in your presence always in my life, 
to trust in your steadfast love being focused on me, that I'm the object of your love. Everything you do in my life, you do because of your faithfulness. You're being faithful to me. You're being faithful to your plan for my life that's according to your glory and to fill my life with your glory and to fill my life with your significance and your radiance and your beauty, your presence. And so I trust in the I am. To your name, the I am, give glory. I trust in he is, for he is my help and my salvation. I trust in he is, for he is the one whose steadfast love is forever, whose faithfulness is 100% trustworthy. You are my help, and you are my shield. You are my significance, and you are my security, and you are my confidence, and you are my worth. I derive my worth from you, my glory from you, my value from you. You are the one who gives my life meaning. To be in your story rather than some dead-end story is what gives my life meaning and ultimate security. I trust in the I am. I trust my God who is in the heavens and does all that he pleases. And everything he does for me is according to your steadfast love. Everything you do for me is according to your steadfast love and your faithfulness. I trust in the I am. You are my help and my shield. I live in the fear of the I am. The fear knowing that your glory is the greatest glory. Pleasing you is the greatest honor. Trusting in you is the greatest security. Finding my identity in you is the truest identity. You are my help and you are my shield. It is in Jesus' name that I come before you and worship you and pray. Join us in our next episode as I will then cover the last third of Psalm 115. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.